Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. I am Dax Holt, straight from California. Adam Glenn, out on the East Coast. How are you, my friend? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Just trying to uh, get back in the swing of things. It's uh, The Hollywood scene has kind of been in a weird... Nothing's happening. So it's just like if you have a Netflix special or show debuting now, you're probably like, yes, an awesome time to debut a show. If your show is possibly about to start being in production... Now's probably not the best time because people probably don't know what's going to happen. But I've been, things are good, man. You know, I can't really complain. You run into any celebs at all out there? I haven't. No, I haven't seen any celebs. Haven't seen any. I haven't even seen any of the entourages with the celebrities lately. You know, I it's was going to ask that. I was going to ask, like, so, like, if if Taylor Swift wanted to go for a walk right now, does she still have a bodyguard or is that bodyguard quarantined at their house? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, do you just have them on with, with you nonstop? I, Taylor, here's the thing. Taylor Swift is probably someone who is probably has a compound. She doesn't mm-hmm. just have an apartment. She's at her compound and she's probably not leaving that property. And that property, this is you have a place in like Rhode Island or something like that. That's she's got like, a, quite a few places, yes, but one yeah, I believe so, is in Rhode Island. So she's probably at that place where no one sees her. She doesn't have to, she has plenty of room to do her Instagram live workouts. So I don't think she has <laughs> to be seen by anybody. I'm curious what the life is like of a bodyguard, though. Do you ever wonder that? You know, I've dealt with a lot of them. I became actually close with a lot of bodyguards. I mean, I remember Floyd Mayweather is one of the guys that when I first met with him, he had the biggest bodyguards out there. And not just one, not just two, but like three Escalades full. And at first they hated me, and then we kind of take a liking to each other. So when we see each other, it's like, yo, what's up, Ray? What's up, dude? Or Frank? (laughs) Like, we all know each other, and they understand what I'm doing. They understand, like... You know, I, I'm, I'm there helping them out. I'm keeping them company. Like, I have a pretty good relationship with a lot of the bodyguards, you know? I always tell the bodyguards. I never wanted to hide from the bodyguards because my whole thing was, you know, being a, a journalist, I want the bodyguards to know why I'm there. Like, hey, I'm here trying to get an interview, trying to get a video. You know why I'm here. You don't know why that guy 20 feet away is here. He's sitting there. I don't know why he's here. You know what I'm trying to get out of this. You don't know what that person. Worry about that person. Don't worry about yeah. me. I'm not trying to get close. Well, I, I think we could probably bring someone into the show right now who might have a very good idea of what it's like to be a bodyguard because he did it for so long. But uh, I've actually been really excited to talk to this guy because he just has a fascinating life story going from being a uh, a bodyguard. Well, let's see. Let, let's go down the list of things that he's done. <laughs> Because he, he's he, done pretty much everything. Been NYPD, he, Chippendale dancer, bodyguard. Now he's in producing, directing, acting, he's an writing. Author? Author. I mean, literally done it all. But let's bring in Steve Stanulis. Hello, buddy. How are you? What's up, guys? I wish I was... Uh, the only thing I'm not on the list is a porno star or a, a, a Bollywood. Right? Other than that... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, your your monologue was actually awesome because you... every single thing you said I could kind of relate to from Entourage. We could talk about that well because we have a film coming out uh, with Kevin Dillon who's going to be in the, our new Red Money film. Uh, I, I wish my film Fifth Borough was coming out. It's coming out in June. I wish it was out now on uh, on demand. And, uh, you know, we're talking some bodyguard stuff. So, uh, yeah, I could kind of relate to every single thing you guys have mentioned in your uh, opening monologue. I'm so interested. Like, here's the thing. I've met a lot of bodyguards. I mean, how do – what was your background to become a celebrity bodyguard? Well, you know what's funny? Um, 
it, it goes way back in nine. I was never like again. See, like you said something prior, which was funny. When you, when you think of a bodyguard, you think of somebody who's like six foot five, three hundred pound, what ha- what have you. Um, that wasn't the case. I I was actually one day <laughs> I was working at Chippendales. This is a pretty funny story, but I was working at Chippendales, and uh, there was, a guy walked in, and uh, he's like, uh, "I got these girls." Right. Let's clarify. Were you working the door as a bouncer or well, on stage? I was walking off stage and this guy came up to me. As a dancer. As a dancer. I'm coming off as Steve Savage at that time. <laughs> Ooh, Savage Steve. I like it. And he says, I got these two girls I want you to dance for. And I'm like, yeah, all right, bud. And I went downstairs. Um, and at the end of the night, another dancer came down as we were leaving. And he's like, that guy's still waiting for you. So I'm like, all right. So I go upstairs. I go, dude, I'm a cop. And he's like, no, 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 I really have these girls. So I go back to his penthouse. There's these girls. I dance. He hands me like two grand. And at that time, I was 21. I, you, you know, might have, you could have been, uh, you know, a million at that point. And um, he goes, by the way, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio lives with me. Um, when he's in New York, would you we're on to work security with him? So I said, uh, yeah, great. He's like, uh, all right, I'll give you a call. So I, I could care less. He calls me the very next day. He's like, uh, Leo wants to meet you. Now, this is 1999. Leo, Titanic, the the, the, the pussy pass. The height of his career. Right, yes. right. So he's like, can you meet Leo at nine? I'm like, well, I can't. I'm doing a bachelorette party. Uh, <laughs> and, you know? So he's like, uh, okay, but don't be late. So I ended up getting there about 10, 30, 11. You know? So I walk in. You know, Leo's there. You know, I, he's like at that point one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. And I have zero aspirations to be in Hollywood. And I'm a stripper cop. <laughs> and, you know, again, it was tough to break the ice. We had nothing in common. So I had tore my ACL. And uh, I I was talking about how I tore my ACL. And he's like, oh my God, I tore my ACL on basketball diaries. You mind if I see your scar? So I'm like, yeah, as long as you don't mind the G-string I'm wearing. And I pull my pants down. I'm sitting there in a the, in the thong. And uh, everybody started laughing, and it kind of broke the ice. And, you know, the next thing you do, it, I was kind of hanging out, going to all these parties and working security. But I kind of fit in. So to the public, I didn't look like a bodyguard. But if somebody came up to bother us, I could always take my shield out. So that's how that, that whole thing happened. And then I started meeting uh, Toby McGuire. Obviously, uh, Michael Stipe, Alan, everybody that was big around the 99 uh, time, uh, Alanis Morissette, um, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, all those guys. Um, and then something happened with the guy who introduced us. He actually got in trouble and got indicted. And uh, I kind of lost all that access. Well, but from 99 to almost 2016, I, I didn't do any security. Uh, and then I got asked to work for Kanye. So wait, let me let me before we even go into that. So you you work with Leo. You're at the height of his fame. What do you think Leo saw in you besides a, a, a G string? You know, what did he see that he's like, man, I like this guy. I want this guy to be with me. What did he want you for as far as security goes? Well, like, like I said, the whole thing was you know ninety nine with different times. Obviously, it was uh, pre social media. Um, you know, if you had a picture with somebody, you had to really know them because you had to have one of the either a throwaway camera or what have you. Um, but there was still some paparazzi. So obviously when we were hanging out, I just looked like I was hanging. Again, I'm not, I, I'm 5'11". 
uh, you know, 200 pounds. I'm not 6'2", 6'3", 6'5", but I had a gun and a shield, which equals a lot uh, when, when it comes to somebody not bothering you. Um, so I think he liked the fact that I was, I fit in, you know, visually. Um, I didn't fit the, you know, the criteria and the stereotypical, what you would think of as a NYPD cop. Um, so, so again, you know, it was great because I got to kind of do whatever they did. So it wasn't like, wait here and I'll see you in three hours. I was there, whatever they were doing, I was in there, which was cool because that, that opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, and in a lot of ways, I mean, I met every major from, um, you know, from De Niro to Michael Ovitz to, I mean, I, I, you know, I was with everybody. And the crazy thing was I, one point I'd be three in the morning with uh, Michael Ovitz, and then four hours later I'd be running around the projects chasing drug dealers in the, in the projects. So I, it was like you know one act, one total aspect of life to the other in a three hour span. It was it was a crazy time. Did your colleagues know that you were doing security with celebrities and like with Leo? Yeah, I mean everybody knew. Everybody, you know what? It was again. It was a different time. Everybody knew I was dancing. Uh, in the police department, everybody knew what I was doing um, with, with the celebrities. Um, and even when I would tell certain stories coming out of my mouth, I'd be like, "This sounds like this almost sounds ridiculous," you know. But um, nobody cared. Where if today I was doing that, I, I would be terminated because obviously I'd be on some YouTube video or some you know social media dance stripping, and uh, you know I would be terminated like that. But back then, it was a different time. So what was Leo like during that time? Leo, you know, obviously it's Titanic. He's going around. He's in nightlife. He's going to clubs. He's kind of hanging out with his friends, with guys. He was, at that time, he's probably hanging out with Tobey Maguire, David Blaine. Um, what kind of guy was Leo at that time? Again, Leo's, Leo's a great guy. Um, he, he, he's the type of guy, basically, if he lets his guard down in, your, in the circle, um, he, you know, he, he'll give you the shirt off his back. I mean, it's super cool. Um, um, it, it, it was, it's tough to break that circle of trust and get into it. But once you were in it, you know, uh, he couldn't, he could be a, a nice guy. I mean, uh, he, again, a lot less people that think they're a lot more than, and again, he's so down to earth and again, just a cool dude. I think that's why we're so fascinated with him because he's so private, because we don't know what he's like on his off time. You know, like, is he funny? Does he crack jokes? Like, what does Leo do when he is not being Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, he's 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 fun. He's a, uh, he tells a lot of jokes. He's, you know, he, he, he busts a lot of chops. Um, again, now I'm going back a long time, but... Um, he, a lot of fun, like a regular guy. I mean, uh, you know, that's what I admired about him because, and that's why I think he's so universally loved because, you know, if you ask this guy, it's very rare and there's only a few people that if you ask guys, guys love as much as women. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, he has that in his mm -hmm. appeal that universally guys and girls love, you know, Leo. Um, and respect them. Well, with women, you know, you were around with a lot of women. Were women just throwing themselves at him? Was it just like the easiest thing for him to pick up a girl at that time? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty, 
Mick, you, know, you think about Mick Jagger and all these guys. You know, he's uh, he's up there. You know, I mean, uh, with a lot more time to go. So uh, I was I I've been at a club with Leo and I've been at a concert with Leo. Now not with him, but he's been right next to me, and I've been around his entourage journey. And it's actually really interesting to see the entourage when they're around Leo. Uh, because one time at a club, you just see like, you know, people are at the table at the club and everyone knows he's there, you know, and they're all aware and they try not to look at him and stare at him the entire time, but they always want to know where he's at. And then, yeah. And then it's funny because I feel like all the girls, they want to get their two minutes with him just to see if they have a chance with him. So they're all waiting for their in and then they get that in and then they try to go for two minutes and then they're just like, okay, it's not going to where then they kind of awkwardness and then they kind of bail so it's funny to see people around him as far as women go because they all trying to get they they want to court him for as much as possible but have that time with him um was he dating anyone at that time or was he when you were with him or did you see him with anyone that was no that was pre uh, was pre giselle um when i when i was uh work working with him and hanging out um it was definitely it was pre giselle so uh, it was more. I, I, do you remember the whole famous pussy posse? Yeah, the pussy posse. You guys, uh, Q-Tip was part of it. Sure, Q-Tip. Uh, what's his name? The one actor, uh, Hall, uh, Toby Maguire, David Blaine, and there was the one other actor, Lucas Haas. Lucas Haas. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. They actually considered themselves the pussy posse. They were hey the pussy posse. Everyone knew they were right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I was. I, I was like a. Like an inside joke that actually at some point, I guess, got leaked out. But that was like more of an insider thing. You know what I mean? They didn't, we, they didn't walk around and say, hey, what a, you know, what a pussy posse. Um, that was something that was an internal thing that kind of got somehow got out there at some point. Hey, Adam, did I ever tell you my my club run in with Leo? No. What's that? So <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. So uh, back in like. 2000 i'm gonna say nine or ten when um villa was like a really big club out here in la do you guys remember villa at all yeah sure i remember reading it was like it was like the hottest club out here um and max and i uh and steve i don't know if you did you ever watch tmz yeah sure so max the, the blonde surfer guy with the long blonde hair Yes. Okay, so we go to Villa one night. We're we're doing like actually like we're going out with a photo agency. So we've got uh, a table set up for us up in the VIP area. We got bottles coming. We get in. They let us in, and that was kind of like TMZ. Like we were we were all over the place on TMZ. Everyone kind of had started recognizing us, and um, <laughs> and Leo shows up to the club and he comes through the, the like bat cave that they set up for him. He comes walking in, gets up to his table, takes one look at Max and I, calls over his server, points at us, and next thing you know, we are getting lifted out of our chair and we are being told to get out of the club. <laughs> no way. And I was like, no, 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 like we're not working right now. We're we are here to have fun. We're here to party. We already got our they didn't we were like, but we just opened the bottle, we had already poured drinks and the club was like, don't care, just get out and they ushered us out the back door and that was the end of our night and i still laughed at this because listen i get it it's leo you know like the last thing you want to do is be parting and you look over and the two tmz guys are parting at the table next to you and the next like 
Of course, we wouldn't be able to keep our mouths closed. The next day, we'd be on the show being like, we partied next to Leo, you know? So I, I got to imagine he he would not feel comfortable the whole night. So, But it's still funny to look back and say Leo got me kicked out of a club. No, I, I said that is pretty funny. I, that could, if that was 10 years prior, that would have been me throwing you out. I was at a... Co- I was at a concert and I was in a suite and it was a uh, yep it was like yep. Live Earth or some sort of and there wasn't that many people in the suites at MetLife Stadium Giant Stadium and he was in the suite next to me so we could see directly in his suite it was right next to us but my suite was sort of full his suite was kind of empty it was just him and his posse and they were sort of smoking cigarettes and obviously you can't smoke cigarettes inside a stadium so it's funny because actually Cameron Diaz came by with two of her friends and they kind of sat behind him and he's kind of smoking a cigarette and actually his buddies noticed he's smoking a cigarette and they kind of huddled around him so he could hide and smoke the cigarette and a security guard came over not knowing who he was and starts yelling at him and berating him in front of all of us and we're like oh my god here's Leo DiCaprio getting yelled at for smoking a cigarette and it's so funny because his security guard knew didn't know who he was and was just yelling at this guy saying I'll throw you out of here right now and the other guys had to stick up for him it was pretty cool but he's one of the for me as a journalist, a paparazzi, some people might call me, um, but, uh, it, you know, it's funny because he's one of the easiest people to spot because when he wears a hat, he, you know, <laughs> he wears a hat like so awkwardly where the top, the, the, the rim of the hat is facing so low and covering his face where it's like, what is this person doing? It's just so weird. Like, it's, that's why he's actually an easy person to spot. It almost brings the attention because, you, you know, again, if you know who he is, I, I, you know, you guys do, you know, obviously know what, you, what you're doing. I mean, it almost, it's almost like he's not wearing a hat because that's, that's such a signature move for years uh, that he's, you know, always has, a, he's more recognizable with a hat than the way he wears it. But why does he want to be so incognito? Why yeah. does he want to be so hidden? Do you think it's just how he feels? Does he, he wants to uh, have some professional level? Steve, why, why do you think that? Um, again, I, I, obviously, I, I can't speak for him. And, and again, you know, um, I just I would guess, again, I've, that when, you know, he's been doing it at this long time. I mean, just think about it. Titanic 99 was how many years ago? 98 was uh, almost 20 something. And I mean, he was famous prior, you know, uh, with Romeo and Juliet and all these different things. So I guess maybe. Over time, I don't want to say it becomes old hat. And again, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I'm just saying, you know, once in a while, it's good to go out for a walk, you know, in Soho or, you know, wherever, West Hollywood, whatever, and, and just be yourself, you know, not just be surrounded, I guess. Uh, you know, if, if if it was somebody on the newer side, I guess maybe they want that. Yeah. But he was, always, he was always pretty private. He never really, um, which again, I, I think because of that, going back to what you were saying, because he's so private, actually makes him more mysterious and 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 makes him even on a higher level, uh, you know, in some weird way. You know what I mean? That he's not. Yeah. I I absolutely agree with you, and I think that he's of that kind of like old schooler mentality, where like the more photos of you floating around, the less marketable you are the the less desirable you are to the the movie industry and i think he just thinks like that even though i'm not sure that's the case i just think that's his belief and so you know he tries to hide his face he goes save that for movies save that for the big screen so that's when people see i I agree and again i don't know if today's day and age if you were an up-and-coming like if leo was coming up today 
if that would if that way would work anymore, unfortunately, or for you know, um, but it just shows you how how things change over time because things that again back in '99, 2000, again for example, if you were on TV in '99, 2000, you were looked at as less than uh, than if you were doing movies. You were like second rate if you were on TV. Now everybody's racing the tree. You know, you're trying to get the next series because the quality and the you know and the amount of series and, and the money you can make is everybody's racing to do it. But that would be unheard of 20 years ago. So it's just amazing how things morph over time. Yeah. Well, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get it, Steve. When you become a bodyguard, do you have to promise to risk your life for someone else's life? Is that what you're actually ideally being paid to do? I, you know what? I, I get. I guess. I mean, I don't. I don't think. You know, there's no like um, contract where you, you <laughs> what do you say? Yeah. You know, uh, you know I, yeah. I swear my blood for you type of thing. But I mean, again, you kind of know what you're signing on for. You, you know what I mean? I, technically, what you're saying is correct. Yes. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if certain people I would work for that I would, <laughs> you know, I would actually have done that yeah michael stipe you're not risking your life for michael stipe or you know you're not you know <laughs> losing your religion funny enough he's probably one of the ones i would <laughs> uh you know some others you can mention i would say maybe not <laughs> michael happened to be one of the one of the people that i really uh i really liked were you ever put in a position where you were actually scared for your life protecting a celebrity just because i know that Sometimes, like a Leo, he walks out without a hat. There could be a group of a hundred people that rush him instantly, or a Kanye. Like, was there ever a moment you were like actually genuinely scared? Um, there was a there was a couple times. Like I said, uh, Kanye. I, I, again, I didn't want to turn this into a whole uh, bodyguard segment, but uh, Kanye um, basically has some, some ridiculous, you know, uh, rules, so to speak, like. Uh, he wanted you to stay 10 paces behind him on a city street. So, again, obviously, if somebody's going to come up and, you know, do something to him, by the time I, I'd run up to try to prevent it, it would already have happened. You know, um, it was another one other time where we were coming home late from the studio when he was a little, um, I guess, intoxicated, we'll say. Um, and we, they were staying at the Waldorf. And we, uh, we were walking he couldn't find his room. And, uh, again, I didn't know where his room was. And, um, there was an Italian dignitary, uh, dignitary there. So they had bodyguards as well, uh, protecting him. So we saw walking up towards this guy's room and I'm like, Kanye, are you short? Sure you know, I don't think so, but he's like, no, you know, again, you can't talk to the guy. So we went up and obviously, these Italian dictators, uh, bodyguards stood up private security. And, uh, you know, they didn't know who he was. Uh, there was a language, you know, I don't, I don't speak Italian. So again, <laughs> uh, there was almost like a Mexican standoff. And then, uh, I didn't, you gotta, the cocky <laughs> rapper walking towards you. You're going, uh, what are you doing, buddy? Well, fuck, because I know, I'm, I know we're wrong. You know what I mean? It's just that, Again, he, he had it. He had no. Oh, it's just the way. And I'm like, all right. And I knew this was. I I saw this coming, ten steps ahead. You know what I mean? But that was like the only time I thought maybe like you know, there could be something. And again, it, it was funny because it's because of him. Um, one of my you know, 
least favorite people that I've worked with um, in, over the course of time. What were some of the other rules that he had? I'm so curious with this. I love hearing these like 10 paces behind. That's hilarious. Like, what is that going to do for you? What else did he have? Uh, again, I, well, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, the first day I met him, right? So, uh, again, keep in mind now, I, you know, this is something that I haven't done in a long period of time. Sure. sure. Uh, it was like over from 2000, it was 2016 years now. Um, they were looking for, you know, retired police officers with guns. Um, and I happened, it was a window of time. It was a fashion week. Um, and I said, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. So um, I was supposed to meet him at the studio. So when he gets there, we get to the elevator. He's like, uh, aren't you going to push the floor? Well, I'm sorry. We walk in the elevator. He goes, aren't you going to push the, what floor we're going to? I said, well, I have no idea. It's my first day. So he starts ranting. You mean you didn't call ahead to find out where I'm supposed to be going? I said, no. I, so he's ranting and raving. I said, bro, we could do this three ways. One, you could tell me what button to press, and now I'll know. Two, you could press the button, and I'll see which one you're pressing, and then I'll know. Or three... You could sit here all day and tell me how important your time is, and we're not going to go anywhere. And, and and again, that was our first interaction. So how did that end? And this happened. And 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 it happened on numerous occasions. I gave him the threes, the one, two, threes. Um, and uh, every time he went for the first option, <laughs> which which uh, you know. So again, we have one of the funny story. Um, I get a call. I'm really, we, we were doing 12-hour shifts. I had the night shift. So another cop that I used to work with called me. He's like, we got a problem. I go, what's the problem? He goes, Kanye had, you know, got mad. Uh, yeah, I guess he had a fight, but, uh, you know, and he's walking down the West Side Highway. Can you pick him up? So I said, okay, great. So now at this point, I'm driving a Toyota Tiguan. I got baby seats in the back. And he's walking down. Uh, I got 44th and the West Side Highway. And I'm like, Kanye, uh, come on, get in. So he's like, uh, he gets in. He's like, you got to move the baby seats. So I'm like, bro. And it was a cold winter day. <laughs> I'm like, bro, we can do this three ways. <laughs> a, you can get in the car. And your front can sit between the baby seats. Two, you can keep walking. And I'll meet you wherever you go. Because I'm not even working yet. Or three, have your friend move Elmo and get in the car. And they got, <laughs> what I mean, this was, a, you know, I could write a, I could have written a, and the funny thing is, that I, I worked like 14, it was, it was fa um, fashion week. The guy called me back. We looked, I didn't want to, I got begged to come back and that's when everything happened uh, with the Met Gala time. Uh -huh. But this was something that happened on a regular basis. I guess maybe because I was such a, I didn't give a shit was why I guess he was wanting me back. Who knows? And like I, I, Kanye you know? didn't realize at that time what a fucking pain in the ass it is to change out a baby's car seat out of a car. That is not easy. Three. No, no, not, not one. Three, 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 three uh. car seats. I had, so I had twins and an Irish twin. So I had a, you know, 
uh, you know, a two-year-old and two two twins at the time. It is. Uh, you know, Adam, you have no three. idea. That is one of the bane of my existence is when my wife says, hey, we need to pull the baby, the car seat out of the car. I'm like, no! Oh, God, <laughs> oh the straps and the clips. And, oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, I wouldn't do it for Kanye either. I hear you. Was it hard when you worked with Kim and Kanye? Was it hard dealing with the paparazzi with them? Yeah, again, that was all these things are like famous. Like, like I said, you know, um, one time we were, he was putting, he was doing the fashion show. He was doing the whole fashion show, uh, and he had like a a rented out space in Soho. So um, again, they're all waiting outside. First of all, there's there's no way people don't get called up front. There's no way every time they're leaving, all these people know about it. There's definitely some somebody's calling ahead. I, I you know that's just my opinion. So you think that Kim and Kanye is calling the paparazzi to know? I'm just saying it's it's coincidental that wherever we are, when we're ready to leave, there's always a you know maybe maybe you guys are just better than I think you are. But and is this um, at a restaurant or is this like public places? No, like he had a studio where he was uh, making all his clothes for the fashion show. So anyway, so we walked out, and again, I don't know who's who because you said it before. You you know if it's somebody you don't recognize, I don't know what your intentions are. So. Technically, I'm supposed to walk in front of you. <laughs> you make sure you're okay. He got mad at me for being in his shot. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, are you, are you, you know, are you serious? So um, that was another funny story because, like I said, you know, he was mad at me. He was worried about me being in his shot. You know, for uh, again, for either a TMZ video or a, you know. Daily Mail, whatever the point, you know, he was that that instead of saying thank you, um, he was mad for me being in the shot. It's funny because you you really went from the extremes of like a Leonardo DiCaprio who doesn't want to be photographed, wants to be protected, what? to a Kanye who's like, get the fuck out of my my spotlight because I need to be photographed and you're way behind me. Right, and and the thing is, again, like I said, I don't we don't have to be best friends, but like you said, if I'm there to protect you. And there, you know, there is a, some sort of, God forbid something happens and there's some sort of way I could get hurt or you expect me to do something to quote unquote jump in front of you for something. Um, you got to have some little level of respect. You know what I mean? I don't want to be your best friend, but you, you can't look at those guys, you know, as beneath you because you know, they're the first fucking guys you're going to look for when something happens. Yeah. So uh, what comes around goes around. You know what I mean? Adam, what do you what do you think about playing a game of uh, name that celeb? Uh, I, would I, th- I just think it, I'm it. like thinking I'm like Steve would be the perfect person to play this game with. We so we have a game like we have a game where we'll name off like who's the cutest celeb, you know, like that you and the, well, I want to do with people that you've worked with because you've worked with Cameron Diaz, Joey McGuire, Alanis Morissette, Leo, Woody, Kim, Kanye. The list goes on and on. So we'll we'll mm. name out the the title and you fill it in with the celebrity name. Does that sound good? Okay. All right. You, you start. I know, let's people. Wait, wait, I'll leave it to all people that, you know, that I've worked with. Correct. In film. Sure. As well. Anyone. It's, not, it's just something fits. Sounds good. Sure. I will start the questions. I'll It's going to be like, kind of like a lightning round. I'll go. Dax goes. I go. Dax goes. Here we go. Ready? Who was the neediest celebrity you worked with? Kanye West. <laughs> Who was the nicest celeb you've ever worked with? 
Wow. Um, I'll say Leo. I'll say Leo. Who was the most moody? <laughs> Can I answer the same thing twice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the most moody. Um, again, I have to say Kanye. Okay. I'm sorry. I call it as I see it. Who was the biggest partier or the person who stayed up the latest? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, oh, Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Okay. Who was the har- who was the hardest worker? When you hear something crazy, Kanye. All right. Interesting. All right. All Kanye right. West. I, I I always gave him props for that. Okay. Who was simply just a great person? Woody Harrelson. Um, uh, Stephen Baldwin. Alanis Morissette, I would say those three come to mind first. Okay. Who was uh, the kindest person? Someone who was just generally just very kind, very aware, always making sure you were taken care of. Either have food, make sure you eat. I'll say Toby McGuire. Who was the best tipper? I don't know. Again, I never really got tips. Um, but everybody, you know. Well, not for you. I mean, like. In a restaurant. So when you guys would be in a restaurant, who would leave the biggest tip? Oof. Uh, uh, I would say uh, the the pussy posse, uh, the whole the whole plane, <laughs> uh, all those guys. Who was the worst tipper? Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Well, I was gonna. I was I was gonna ask who would you never work with again? Oh yeah, again I, I hate answering the same question fifteen times, uh, but I, I think you guys know the answer. <laughs> <to that one>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to say that Kanye probably left the biggest impression on you. It sounds like. Oh yeah, only because like I said, um, I was so used to. <laughs> again, it was a sixteen-year gap. Uh, I was so used to being part of something. And I guess the, the reality of, of his personality, and this was before it came out that he was a little uh, bipolar. Uh, I was kind of, unfortunately, one of the first ones to say it. But um, when that whole nonsense happened, um, but, uh, you know, it was like, like I said, we would go out to eat. I would be at the restaurant. You know, I if I got a cup of water, a glass of water, it would be it would have been a lot. So uh, by far, him. I mean, he absolutely. Wow. Wow. That was a fun game. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I do. I like so what it. Tell us. So then. The Kanye West game. So. So you do. You know, you do years of working with. By the way, before I move on, because I actually want to know. What is Alanis Morissette like in person? Uh, again, she's awesome. And you know what's funny? She she actually started off at, you know, singing um, like dance songs. Uh, which she's a big fan of, um, which surprised me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. in 99, she a jagged pill and all that stuff. You know, I, I see her and the whole image was not exactly, you know, you would never, you wouldn't be surprised to see her dancing and singing, uh, you know, dance songs. Uh, so yeah, I mean, she was, she's a sweetheart and, uh, that, that that was that was surprising because I just saw her as as that video. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, with the whole grungy yeah. type to look. You know, so I would say that. 
you know, that, that surprised me with her. So Adam has a theory on celebs, and I want to, I want your opinion. You tell me if it's accurate or not. Adam has a whole theory about how the bodyguards relate to people is a direct relation of what the celebs are like. So, like, if a, a bodyguard is an asshole to you, it's mostly because it's coming back from the celeb. Adam, can you elaborate on this theory that you have? Yeah, I, I say with the bodyguard, with the entourage, if the entourage is cool to you and the entourage is nice people, that means their client, the bodyguard's client, meaning the celebrity, is actually a good person. Um, if they're not the warmest people, the nicest people, it's not generally from them, it's from the people around them, so they're on edge. You know, and if it just becomes so, what, what, Steve? Do you agree with that? I do. Uh, uh, the more relaxed the the, um, the quote unquote celebrity is, uh, and the more chill, and you know, the less bodyguards are on edge. You know, it's it's almost like uh, being on a set. You have a relaxed director. You have everybody's kind of doing their thing. When you have somebody that's cracking a whip, or you know, at all times, you you tend to be on eggshells, and you want to make sure everything's always. Nothing can happen, and you want to be at two steps ahead. So, uh, yes, a hundred percent, the the celebrity dictates how the bodyguards are. A hundred percent. So, you were an asshole when you worked with Kanye, is what you're trying to say? After the ten pace thing and all these stupid things, fighting with Italian dignitaries, and uh, you know, I just, you know, again, I did what I had to do, but I didn't give a fuck. So. No, I, well, I was I was quite opposite on purpose because uh, you know I knew my time was short there. So, um, but yeah, somebody like him, if you were somebody like Pascal, who was a awesome and uh, worked with them for a long time as their main uh, security and bodyguard, yes, he would always have to be on edge. Absolutely. Did you feel bad that Pascal got the uh, short end of the stick after France and the the heist? Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Um, about the heist, but yes, he got yeah, he was a, a scapegoat. But um, I think, but first I worked with Kim and Kanye uh, together uh, was at that place in Soho when they were doing the fashion show, and um, uh, Caitlin walks in. Now you know, Bruce, again, Bruce, whatever you want to uh, call him, Caitlin, we'll do it. We'll we'll keep it politically correct. Like, well, was it was it Bruce at the time or is it Caitlin at the time? That's the ma- make it the easy time. It's Caitlin at the okay, time. Okay, so Caitlin with okay. um, six inch stiletto. So he, you know, she's tall to begin with. So she walks in, and I just meet Pascal. Now, Pascal, if you don't know, he's a big dude. He's about six two, six three, big guy, military haircut, the boots, the whole nine. You know exactly what you think a bodyguard would be. You know. So I, I might know him for about 10 minutes and she, you know, she walks in. I'm like, dude, that chick is hot. You got to set me up. And he looked at me. I go, too soon? He goes, yeah, too soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's your of somebody, you know, like who had that mentality all the time to somebody like myself. Even as a cop, I had that attitude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I took my, I, I did my job, but as soon as I took my uniform off, I don't care if you're smoking pot. I don't give a shit what you're doing. You know, when I'm when I'm working, I'm working. When I'm not, I'm not. And uh, yeah. again, he had to have that type of attitude because he was with them 24 seven. And them together, obviously, it's not an e- it's not an easy gig. 
You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, I, I, Pascal was great. And, uh, it's a shame that, you know, that, that actually happened. And he was like a full person for that. Yeah. So, so let's, let's move on past your, your days of bodyguarding. You transition out of it. Then you become an actor, producer, director. Like how does this all come to fruition? Um, sure. Well, again, what goes back to 99, I'm at a party, uh, doing my stuff with Leo and I meet this guy, Dylan Sellers, who, um, says, Hey, I'm doing a new film uh, called the replacements with Keanu Reeves. Would you, you know, do you play football? And I'm like, uh, in high school. <laughs> so he's like, you'd be perfect. So, you know, two weeks later I'm on set with Gene Hackman and Keanu Reeves playing a backup quarterback. You know, I had like two or three lines and that, you know, I started getting a bug. And like I said, the person who was like the Oz of Hollywood as a money manager back then, who made that introduction. Once he got arrested, I lost all of it. So then I had to start actually auditioning and doing things. I'm like, oh, you got to audition to be in films? So um, anyway, as, as, as time went on, I, I started uh, getting into like Soprano stuff. And yeah, I was on The Sopranos, all these different uh, shows. And then I, uh, I just got the bug to direct i i enjoyed it and then um you know we did something i did a film called uh clinton road with iced tea um and we just did something now we're coming out called the fifth borough which is basically the sopranos meets the party on staten island um it's coming out on on netflix on june 3rd tara, tara reed's in it um james russo um i mean it's a great cast it's a great you know a lot of uh Vincent Pastor, um, again, uh, Audrey Landers is in it. Um, and we just finished another film called Chronicle of a Serial Killer. Uh, DMX is in it. I think you got TMZ covered that a lot. He plays it. He played a detective. Um, Brendan Sexton, uh, um, again, James Russo. And now we're doing a new film called Red Money, um, which is actually in pre-production, which goes back to your, um, Opening monologue. We don't know what we're supposed to shoot in June, but we don't know when that's going to happen. But it's got Kevin Dillon, Buster Rhymes, and a lot of other other people that haven't been in awesome. yet. Yes, yeah, so it's been a good run. It's been a it's been an interesting life, if nothing else. Yeah, dude, it's it's all about the journey. I want to know how is it working with Tara Reid. Tara has actually um, is one one of the best, uh, and she's a dear friend. And the funny thing with Tara is. Again, it was a big story coming to set on the fifth row. I'm sorry, I'm just walking over here to get some water. Um, coming to set the first day, I don't know if you guys remember. Remember, she got thrown off the plane um, because the dog, she had a dog. Yeah. Well, she was coming to set to Fifth Borough. And um, when I cast her, producers said, Listen, there's no way we're casting Tara Reed. And I said, Listen, I see nobody better for this role than her. And if she's gone, I'm gone. So I really went to bat. And when it happened that night, I'm so drinks. I'm sorry. When it happened that night, I got a call from all the producers, basically tell you know telling me ah, I you know I told you now the movie's fucked. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, she had to be at set at like six in the morning, east east coast time, and she was flying from L.A. But you know what? Six in the morning, she was there. You know, with the dog. Um, and, and she did an amazing job. 
she definitely brought it, and it was a different type of role because it's a legit NYPD sergeant role, which is way out of you know something she's done in the past. She's coming off like a sharp NATO, um, and she she knocked it out of the park. So she was she was super easy to work with, and when I consider her a dear friend, when I go to LA, I end up crashing out of place a lot. I mean, she's just. We, we we became good friends and there's some people you work with your friends with some people you you know you have acquaintances with and some people you work with never want to see them again um and she happened to be one of the people that you know was a dear friend i love That's it awesome. I, I worked with her once and i told people that i had such a misconception of terror yep. because of all the way that throughout the years the partying and all that kind of stuff and then i worked with her and i was like she was hilarious and she was just so on point with everything and she was there early and like so different from how you would expect it and i loved working with her and by the way feel free to put in a good word because we've been trying to get her on the podcast for like months and months and months and we never get anywhere with it percent. <laughs> yeah uh, that's, that's an easy phone call i love her so much that's an easy call and again oh, i'd love that because we're going to start promoting uh next month for the fifth borough uh oh, that's great we just we just spoke yesterday and uh we have a promo where we're doing and again she'll do again she'll do anything for, she's a sweetheart and uh if, if a lot of this stuff is promoting fifth borough she'll totally come on that's great i mean i, I don't awesome. want to speak for her but uh you know if it's something that is going to help promote the movie she definitely would do it that's awesome yeah what's it, it, steve i that's mean awesome. you just had such an interesting career the transitions from you know, working as an NYPD officer to working for Chippendales briefly, then be working with the celebrities and now being on the other side, you know, being the producing and not just the writing and the producing, but being an author, an actor. It's it's really cool, man. And you got a really cool story for your kids, growing, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's all about the journey. So we really appreciate your time and the congratulations with all the success. I'm excited to see what's next for you. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I had some fun reliving some uh some unpleasant memories. <laughs> People are going to love this, dude. You have no idea. I am so fascinated by just, it's a world that we don't, often get to enter you know what i'm saying like the bodyguard world is not something that people talk about all the time and you don't always have access to these people so to hear your stories i think is just a really cool thing you don't you don't get to hear it much so thank you for indulging us no worries. i'll leave you one you have one other quick thing i'll tell you real fast this is how yeah. I, I knew that that's you guys obviously are familiar with that whole thing when i got fired supposedly hitting on kim and do you remember all that stuff yes yes yep okay so so it's funny because I, I got a call um, when that happened. Uh, it was an un, you know it was a private number. So I'm like, who's this? So the person that on the other line says, "Did you hit on Kim?" And the second question was like, "Were you a Chippendales dancer?" And I knew that I knew the next day that was going to be the story. You know, former Chippendale, <laughs> you know. And, then, and then I, I knew, and again I called I told everybody. I said, guys, I just got this call, and sure as shit, that was the big, you know, that was the big thing. You know what I mean? So that that's funny. So this this, this kind of relived all tale from three, four years ago. So uh, it was fun. It was definitely a fun journey. So I wait, appreciate wait. being on. Did you hit on her or not? Uh, um, I'm happily married. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say I'm happily married. No, no, that was definitely that. that was definitely it was definitely born out of the 
coach. No, uh, absolutely not. She's she she was awesome and uh, absolutely not. I love it. But I wish them nothing but the best. <laughs> well, thank you, Steve. Your life, like like Adam said fucking fascinating life and uh you know most people would sit there and be like hey i've been a, a police officer and i succeeded most people would say i've been a bodyguard and i succeeded and you've really like done it all and that's very cool so uh we look forward to uh seeing your next uh your show and i mean every project that you have good god you got so many projects coming out which is amazing so thank you again where can people find you on social media uh Instagram, it's at Steve Stanulis. Uh, Twitter, it's at STV Stanulis. Facebook, say, uh, Steve Stanulis. Um, and and again, like I said, June 3rd, Fifth Borough. Check it out uh, on demand on some limited theaters. And uh, again, thank you for giving me uh, the platform. Awesome. Uh, that's why, you know, again, I'm not tooting our own horn, but I enjoy hearing stories from people like that. You know, and it's kind yeah. of talking to people that don't get to speak these are the people that have a lot of the stories that haven't been heard yet and i mean just the story about kanye and the the italian uh at the waldorf of the italian security just kind of walking drunk to his place and like dude kanye like how do you tell kanye or walking down the, the freeway in the middle of the night and he has to go get picked oh up my God. Like, but you know what I think is more fascinating is someone like Leonardo DiCaprio. We will never get a Lucas Haas or Tobey Maguire to ever talk about their friendship with Leo because he's so private. This is literally the only person that's going to talk about what it's like being in the inner circle of Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Like, who else is going to talk about that? Nobody. It's, it's I love so it. good. Interesting dude, man. And listen, the guy's had a long career. Uh, and a very exciting career, a fun career, and he's doing some roles with some really fun people, Tara Reid, Buster Rhymes, just Ice-T, it's just interesting people, so excited to see what's to come from him. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, like it, subscribe, show a friend, write a good review, if it's a bad review, just write it to Dax, don't write it to me. You can find me at, at Adam Glynn on all social media platforms, you can find Dax Holt at, at Dax Holt, H-O-L-T, Dax, thank you buddy. Thank you. Later. Apartment Media Production